0: Welcome to The Truth Simply Put, the teaching broadcast vehicle of the Basilea Commission. On today's teaching by Alexander Victor, God's Word, rightly divided in the light of Christ, who is the central theme of the entire scriptures, will come with simplicity, precision, clarity, and power to instruct, admonish, edify, and build you up into the full measure of the stature of Christ. Now, let's dive straight in.
1: All right, we're going to get in the word. You ready? Yes, Discerning the Lord's word. First Corinthians 11. For in eating, each, each one takes his own supper ahead of others, and one is hungry and another is drunk. You don't have houses to eat and drink in, or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say to you, Paul says? I, shall I praise you in this? I do not praise you. For I see from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do. As often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. That's where we left off. Yes. 27. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup in an unworthy manner. This is one of the major confusions that were brought about by. This misrepresentation or misunderstanding of this portion of scripture. Whoever eats this bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner. Will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. I began to talk about this. And I told you that the word unworthy was a word inappropriate. The word is anaxios. A-N-A-Z or Z-I-O-S. Anaxios. A N A Z. I-O-S. Anaxios. And it simply means, in an unacceptable or inappropriate manner. By the way, it's the only time that that word is used in the New Testament. It's not used anywhere else. Anaxios will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. I also mentioned. That the word "guilty" was the word translated from the word that means liable, and the word is enochos or enochos. Enochos is the correct pronunciation. E n o c h o s. The New Testament is written primarily in Greek. E n o c h o s. Enochos, and it means liable, and that liable is liable to a condition, liable to a penalty liable to an imputation. It's also rendered deserving, of subject to, involved in, held in, and sometimes translated in danger of. So for instance, if you look at Mark chapter 4, Mark 14, Mark 14, 63, Go from 61, just for for context. But we need verse 63, um, 64. So 61, but he kept silent. Okay, from 60. And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, saying, Do you answer nothing? What is it this man testify against you? But he kept silent and answered nothing. Again, the high priest asked him, saying to him, Are you the Christ, the son of the blessed? Jesus said, I am. And you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the power <laughs> and coming with the clouds of heaven. 63. Then the high priest tore his clothes, schisma, and said, What further need do we have of witnesses? You have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? And they all condemned him to be a no cause of death. Right? Deserving of death. Does that make sense? Yes. Just give you a couple of examples where the word is used. Okay? So, it means to be liable of or in danger of. And sometimes also means to be guilty of. So, bearing that in mind, we come back to First Corinthians 11 27. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an inappropriate manner, anoxious, will be Liable. Does that make sense? Yes. Or, and when it says liable, liable to a condition, right? Yes. A penalty or a, an imputation of the body, which is the church. Yes. And the blood shed for the forgiveness of our sins to birth the church. church.
2: Yes, sir.
1: yes, sir. You know, Jesus, man, Jesus was telling Peter when Peter said, You are the, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God Jesus says to him flesh and blood has not revealed this to you but my father who is in heaven therefore I say to you that you know blah 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 your name is Petrus and upon this rock I will build my church Jesus was going to die Jesus was going to die for our sins but he called it building the church All right. he was going to die and he says I will build my church what you have said now is revelation Open your eyes to see that I'm the anointed. As you have seen it, I'm going to build my church. I'm going to prepare a place for you. So, So, he pays for our sins. But he pays for our sins with the kingdom in view as to be facilitated by the church. He came to die for our sins. When he came to die for our sins, he had a message. People have postulated or submitted that there are different gospels. New Testament people have separated the gospel of the kingdom from the gospel of the grace of God, from the gospel of Jesus, and from the gospel that Paul preached. So it actually laid down that Paul preached a different gospel from the gospel that Jesus preached. Because again, if you look at it with the lens of scholarship, and not with the lens of the Spirit in the context of the entire Scripture. And that's why I said to you, don't get fixated in forgiveness of sins. Jesus didn't even major on the forgiveness of sins. Jesus had one message, the kingdom. The kingdom. Every time they asked him a question, he would reply and say, the kingdom of God is like. Kingdom of God is like. A woman who had a coin. The kingdom of God is like a man who had a son. The kingdom of God is like a man who saw a pressure on the field. The kingdom of God is like 10 virgins. The kingdom of God is like. He went town to town preaching what? The good news of the The kingdom. kingdom. Now you can say that it was a different message from Paul. Because Paul preached grace. Paul never mentioned the kingdom. Because it was a given. It was a given. Jesus mentions the end. Paul mentions the means. One message. So Jesus comes, he's dying for your sin, but he's dying for your sins because of the kingdom. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Because flesh and blood in this, plus all the sin of your old nature, that kingdom, this flesh and blood cannot be held back home. So because it's about that kingdom, we must of necessity deal with the sin problem. But the message of the gospel is larger and wider than the forgiveness of sins. Forgiveness of sins is is just a necessary step into the fulfillment of the message of the gospel. It's it's so sad that the church has become fixated on what God is not even thinking about twice. Sin. It's sorted. Sorted. Can you guys go past this thing and let's deal with what this thing was supposed to take us to? Yes, sir. So of a necessity, because of the kingdom, we must forgive sins. Because the people that will usher the kingdom are the church. And the church can only come when I shed my blood so they can become my body. So, yes, he died for your sins. But he died to establish the church on its way to becoming the kingdom. It's the cross, the church, the kingdom. That's a dispensation. It's not cross to kingdom. You're a rogue. How are you going to, how are you passing to get there? It's the cross, the church, the kingdom. It is the church that is the vehicle. Yes for modeling and delivering the kingdom. Yes, uh, are you following me? Yes, sir. So he died for your sins but there's so much I don't want to say more, so much else in his dying. Yes, Do you understand that now? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I don't want to say more yes, as though the other things are, are higher yes. but there's so much else yes, sir. Yes, sir. in his dying. So when Paul says here that whoever eats the blood supper in an inappropriate or unworthy way, is liable or held in the body and blood of Jesus. He's referring to the church, not the forgiveness of sins. Because like we saw on Wednesday, you don't do anything with the blood for forgiveness. Religious people only argue this because it offends them, not because they have a ground to argue it. Biblically speaking, you have no grounds to argue the purpose of the blood of Jesus. Yes, sir. You have no grounds to argue the priestly application of the blood of Jesus. You have no grounds to argue that it was supplied once. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And you have no grounds to argue that this blood, sir, is not physical. Because scripture, as we have seen, says that the life of a thing is in his blood. Such that to give life is to give blood. To give blood is to give life.
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
1: So when the guys that are trying to get you to donate blood, what do they tell you? Save a life, you give blood. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So you can't, argue on the strength of scripture, it's very clear. Yes, sir. What's the demon spirit behind the fighting against the, the teaching of the blood of Jesus? It is working. That's, that's, that's the name of that spirit. As in order of that spirit. There's no, there's no argument. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. The blood was shed once, and by the blood is the life. Jesus was dying and he said, into your hands I commit my blood. Into your hands I commit my spirit. He gave up the ghost. Because what is the principle of atonement? Life for life. Blood for blood. So what, what people actually call the blood of Jesus is the life of Jesus.
2: Yes, sir. Not the physical
1: blood of... Because if it's the physical blood of Jesus, then guess what? Jesus and all the goats and animals. He just, he just happened to be a human being. There's not physical blood. So blood connotes the forgiveness of sin. In this context, right? Of Jesus dying. But that act of Jesus dying for the forgiveness of sins brings about his body. Does that make sense? so the body comes about by the blood because sin had to be forgiven for there to be sons that constitute the church as the body of Christ so when he says that you anyone who eats unworthily is liable to the body and blood of Jesus he's referring to anyone who eats this thing unworthily is cheating or is liable to pay a penalty to the church and of course is liable to the church. Guilty of the body. It means you have put the church in a predicament. You have put the church in a dangerous position by your inaction or by your bad action. Follow it carefully. Problem is, the church has been programmed to think sin when reading this scripture. But sin, forgiveness, atonement, and not at all the context of Paul's letter to the Corinthians. The entire first Corinthians. They are called saints. They are saints because of atonement. Sir. They, they know. You are not preaching forgiveness of sins. To people you are calling saints. How are they saints? How are they Hagios? What makes them saints? The fact that their sins have been forgiven. By what? The atoning work of Jesus. So Paul is not preaching to them already what they knew. Go and check, study First Corinthians and Second Corinthians. You come across places like "Know ye not?" Yes. Yes. But you know. Yes. But you know the grace. Yes. Do you not know? You see that constantly in his Corinthian letters. Do you not know? Know ye not? Yes. But you know. So he was not introducing to them a concept. How else are they saved, if not by what Jesus did? So the context was not what Jesus did. Was what Jesus did expects of them as a church. Are you following me now? What Jesus did, what it expects, what it brings out of them, what it causes the church to do. Yes, sir. What it causes the church to be. How it causes the church to behave. Yes, sir. In other words, for lack of a better word, I'm using that word loosely, Christian conduct or Christ-like conduct. Are you here now? Not forgiveness of sin. Not forgiveness of sin. Because it's coming from the earlier part of chapter 11 which is still dealing with confusions around hair covering and you saying that we should pray and whether we prophesy and should we prophesy, who is even should do it, married woman or single woman, you know, he's just dealing with conduct in the Corinthian church, not dealing with the subject of forgiveness or atonement. So again, in this chapter, in this verse, the context cannot automatically switch in verse 27 to see and what Jesus did on the cross. When we have already established that this body is the church. So if you're guilty of the body of Christ, the blood of Christ, you're guilty of the church, of depriving the church of Soma. One body walking as a sound whole, And that's why we cannot treat strife and malice with kid gloves. Can't. Enough is enough. You can't be saying, God says you should stay in a place and you are not walking along with the place. You can't all be praying in the spirit. And then you, when you come, you deliberately travel to one side of the room so you don't sit close to somebody. So you will not pray in the spirit with them if you say hold somebody's hand. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm praying in the spirit. Just not, not with you. Sir, it's the flesh that is praying through you. You're not even praying in the, in the flesh. The flesh is using you to play. So he that comes and eats, the none, shares with the church, fellowships koinonia with the church, unworthily, It's cheating the church. And should be made to pay. And of course. Naturally speaking, there are two ways you pay. You fix up or you get out. Either way, is a penalty. You're owing the church. You're liable to the church. This is what he taught earlier. This is when you gather. As a church, I'm with you in the spirit of Jesus. Call this person. Yes, sir. If the person he didn't say call the person and throw the person out, yes. he said call the person, reason with the person. If the person cannot see what you are saying, I cannot accept correction. Yeah. So there are two ways you pay, yeah. and these two ways are already spelled out in the previous chapters yes, of First Corinthians. Yes, so he doesn't just get there and say liable, mm-hmm. guilty. He has explained what the penalties for that is. Yeah. Are you following me? Yes, he has, expl- he has ex- explained it. First is chapter five. Okay, so from verse three, you see the context that leads to you are the unleavened bread. Okay. Uh, we'll go from verse 1. It is actually reported, 1 Corinthians 5, right? It's actually reported that there are sexual immorality among there is sexual immorality among you. And the type, this such immorality as is not even named among Gentiles the type that is among you, is that a man has his father's wife. A member, listen carefully. Go back to verse one. Go back to the beginning. It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality where? Among you. Underline those two words. Among you. Such as should not even be named among Gentiles. That of a man having his father's wife. That means... In this Corinthian church, there is a man among you. In this Corinthian church, there is the man's father. father. In this Corinthian church, there is the man's father's wife. Among you. Man. Among you, the man's father. Among you, the father's wife. It's even worse because the actual word translated wife can mean or should mean in this context concubine. So even the man, the wife of the father... He's not really, really. He's really wife. And all of them in the church. You get it? So he now goes on to verse 2. And he says, And you are puffed up and have not rather mourned. So Paul expected the Corinthian church to mourn this nonsense. Not to say grace is working. That he who has done this deed might be taken away from among you. On the line taken away. He that eats unworthily is liable to the church. Follow carefully. This is chapter 11, 1 chapter 5. This deed might be taken away from you. He who done this deed should be is taken away from among you. For indeed, as absent in body, but present in spirit, I indeed have already judged as though I were present him who has done this deed. Because he's writing a letter in response or replying. A letter he received yes. informing him of this thing. Yes. He said, I'm not there. But even if I say, I've judged the person like I was there. And by judging, I'm not talking about that today. Not judging as in passing sentence. Passing sentence yes. But reproving that lawless deed. Yes, sir. Okay, go on. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together, along with my spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, deliver such a one to Satan. For the destruction of the flesh, that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Going to the next verse. Your glory is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven... What's he referring to? If you leave this guy here. Yes. So you see why I started? I showed you stuff. And then I'm now going back to connect it. 1 Corinthians 11. I'm making noise. Don't you know that a little leaven leavens the lump? Now go back to the scriptures that we have looked at. I deliberately skipped this so I will come back to it when I'm explaining 1 Corinthians 11. But look at number 6. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the lump? Now go to seven. Therefore, purge out the old liven. Who is the old liven in this case? Yes. Why? Because this old liven is liable yes, to the, the church, church and most pay. Yes, Therefore, touch the old liven that you may be a new lump since you are truly unleavened. For indeed, Christ our Passover was sacrificed for us, Eight. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with the old liven, not with the living of malice and wickedness, but with the 11 bed of sincerity and truth. Do you get it now? Yes, sir. So when it says that you are guilty, it means that you are liable to the church. What you have done is such that you owe it to the church. You are being held liable to the church or deserving of a punishment or a penalty. And such is put away from us, as he says in other parts of these letters, or the person along with it, is put away from us. And this is not, this is actually an extreme instruction. It's not a first instance instruction. Yes. It is in the case of an unrepentant, yes. re- degenerate person who has refused to be corrected. What am I hearing? So you, you left the person. That's what he's saying in, his, in essence. You left the person among you who has refused to be corrected. Send him out. Because you are unleavened. That's what it means. When you eat on what? So, so you mean when you will not gather to eat? Stay with me carefully. It's one letter. So you are telling me that when you will not gather to eat, this guy and his father and the father's concubine, all of you not gather to eat together. That's all the Lord's supper.
2: Because
1: it's one narrative. So, this, you, you, these guys, brother, come together. Plus, people fighting for Paul. Plus, those fighting for Apollos. Plus, those fighting that you should cover hair, not cover hair. Plus, those fighting that you should prophesy, should prophesy at the same time. Plus, people fighting, all of you now gather together to eat. That's not the loss of you. Plus, those of you who are going to sleep with the prostitutes in the temple. Do you not know, chapter 6. That, he, that joins himself with a harlot. He's one with her. One body. He was talking about harlotry, not just women in general. He was talking about the temple in Corinth that was dedicated to the goddess that sponsored prom- promiscuity and had yes. prostitutes that were in that temple that church members so, so okay. were going right. there to go and sleep with. People were porting from church to temple. So he was, he was addressing a specific issue. He so said, Do you know that when you carry yourself and go and meet a harlot, hmm. he was talking about harlotry yes. in the temple? You are one with her. And all of you now come and sit down and say, let's, let's eat. We are the Lord's body. He says, you are not. That's not the Lord's supper. Yes, you are not body. There's, there's no Soma here. Yes, sir. Are you following this now? Yes, sir. You're, eating, you're eating it unworthily. So you're liable to the church. You're liable and you will pay. Are you here? Yes, let's continue our text. Verse 28. But let a man examine Himself. And so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. But by now, examine himself is clear to you. When we gather as church to fellowship, which in most cases will or should involve eating, and you're sitting and eating with a brother, examine yourself. Where am I with this brother? This has nothing to do with you examining yourself before God. Because if it does, we, God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit are all in trouble. Because if he took away the sin of the world, then he's telling you, examine yourself for sin. Is he hoping you'll find sin he took away? When he himself, Paul, says that David talks about the blessedness, Romans 4, of the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity. Says as far as this is from the West, why am I taking your transgression away from you? So, if God has taken away your sin, He Himself cannot find it, and neither should you. So, why will God now be telling you, Examine yourself? Because you might find some sin that my blood did not take away. Then, all of us plus God and Jesus are in trouble. We are all liable, we're all guilty. So, is God expecting you to find sin? Seeing that John says in 1 John 2, and 2 if anyone sins, we have an advocate. Yes, yeah. So, God is now coming to tell you, examine yourself. There's a huge likelihood that you'll find sin. Yes. Don't come and touch my body and my blood when there's sin in you. Yes. Hear how that sounds. Yes, because if we're eating this body and blood for the forgiveness of sins, yes, it's when there's sin in you, you should eat it. Yes. Yes. so that I can wash you. Yeah. <laughs> Communion for the forgiveness of sins, it is when we are in sin that we need it. Because if I need to cleanse myself of sin before taking the blood, why do I need the blood? Are you following me? Why do I need the blood again? When I've examined myself, confessed my sins, arranged myself, then what? Why do we need the blood? It makes absolutely no sense in any form. You can keep the blood. All I need to do is examine myself and I'll be alright. Except, that's not what it means. And the reasons are very clear in Scripture. So from the pretext, examine yourself means you and me. There's no Jesus God in this matter. It's you and me. See, it is foolishness to think you can be cool with God and have him be with me. Foolishness. It's the height of delusion. Yes, yes, sir. You are deluded. Yes, sir. That's delusion. You, are, you, are, you and God are cool. You have direct, you have God on speed dial. Yes. Jesus, even before the cross, said, drop your offering. Yes,
2: Vancouver. Yes. Vancouver. Come on. Yes, That's
1: how he's saying. That's how crucial it is in the kingdom. Yes, sir. It's how crucial it is. Say so drop your offering. Go back. Go and make peace. Yes. It's before the cross.
2: Yes, sir. Before the cross.
1: Go back and make peace. do deceive yourself. It's church that has deceived us. That you can come and be a you can be a worker, you can serve, you can give money, you can give tithes. And then you're not walking in the light of God's word. This church has this religion that has deceived us. Yes, sir. You can be cool. You can come to church and pretend like you're receiving the word, but you are compromised in your heart. You will hear God. You only hear the God you, dis- you manufacture for yourself. Yeah. You hear God. So let each man examine himself. Each man. This is not you and God or you and Jesus. It's you and I. Am I, am I partaking of this body unworthily? Am I, am I working in offense? Am I walking in strife? Am I working in selfishness? And it's a simple thing. So Paul says, let everyone examine himself. How am I in relation to these people? How am I in relation to the ministers? How am I in relation to the ushers? How am I in relation to the pastor? Examine yourself. Because we discern the Lord's body. So because we are sweet. In the kingdom, you don't need sweetness. You need obedience. Yes, sir. On the platform of obedience, there's no distinguishing of temperament. Yes, sir.
2: yes, sir. yes, sir. yes, sir. yes,
1: sir. yes sir. On the yes, platform of obedience, there is no I'm, I'm not a people person, you know. I don't like you know stuff, you know, on I am you know I me, mean, I'm not a I'm not on the platform of obedience, there's no distinguishing of your personal temperament. So whether I'm sweet or not, I obey. Whether I like people or not, I obey. Whether I like sharing my car or not, I'll obey. Yes. I like or not, I'll obey. Yes. The church is better for it. The church is better for it. You go home, you have a sibling. And you and the sibling are beefing. You and your spouse. You and your pastor. And your you are praying. We must discern the Lord's body. We
2: yes, sir. Yes,
1: sir. You must. We you must. You can't walk in public defiance and then go and pray for me in your closet. You can't honor somebody. In your heart. you either honor someone or you don't? It's simple. It's honor. And that's how we live the way we live. And that's my lifestyle. Let anyone examine himself. And so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. 29. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner. Our text is 1 Corinthians 11. Eats and drinks judgment to himself. Not discerning the word for discerning or to discern is the word diacrino. d-i-a-k-r-i-n-o diacrino. not discerning the lord's body Diacrino. that's the word discern and it means to judge distinguish to investigate and this last one to separate thoroughly and then decide to judge as the word discern Diacrino. To distinguish, to investigate, to separate thoroughly and then decide. So to discern is to take everything and put it where it's supposed to be. Look at it carefully and pick the one that's right. Does that make sense? Separate everything. Look at this. This is this. This is that. That is that. This is the other. That's the other. And then this is the one that I should use. That's discernment. Discernment is investigation. It's not hocus pocus. It's not abracadabra.
2: Oh, Lord.
1: Oh, Lord. Which is it? See, this is discernment. You put it on the table against a pre... What's what I'm looking for now? How do I put this? Against a predetermined standard. You are measuring each against a predetermined Standard. Love is not love because you felt goosebumps. Yes, 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 Pastor is preaching today is not nice because you enjoyed it. Yes, the sermon is to put everything on the table. Look at it clearly and say, this is the one that is mine. This is the one that is from the body of Jesus. This is the one that is according to scripture. That's the sermon. And when you don't do that, you're walking in judgment. Again, this is not in relation to your eternal salvation. Some scriptures render it damnation. And that is to fall foul, mm, to fall foul. of something. something. Yes, sir. Does that make sense? Yes, to, to talk yourself out of the benefit of something. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. Just, just like eternal damnation is that way because you don't get to enjoy eternal union with Christ. So damnation actually is not a thing in itself. itself. Yes. It's the absence, absence of a thing. Yes, sir. Just like there's nothing called darkness, really. just so the absence of light. So darkness is not a thing. Does that make sense? Just the absence of the thing. So it's light that qualifies darkness. Does that make sense? So it's actually reward that qualifies damnation. Damnation being the absence of reward. Or absence of approval. Does that make sense? So that damnation. Damnation that make sense? Say you are damned it means there's a there's a profit there's a benefit there's a reward that you have missed does that make sense and that's why when you understand that then you are beginning to appreciate how damnation or condemnation is not what somebody does to you necessarily people are condemned not because God condemns them because the absence of receiving reconciliation equals to condemnation does that make sense God is not condemning but condemnation is the absence of or rejection of reconciliation. Damnation is the absence of reward or benefit. Now, when we eat this body or engage with the church, same thing we're talking about body. If we engage with the church unwordily, we are robbing ourselves of certain benefits. Yes, Make sense? Yes, For instance, James says, if, Is any one of you in trouble? I like am saying Psalms. If any one of you is sick, Let him call for the elders, not elders of your village. And not elders of the association that your pastor belongs to. The church of Jesus is localized. There's not bodies that regulate local churches. There's no body, no body, no association that has jurisdiction over a local church. It's not scriptural. It's not scriptural. So there are some things that are not within the framework of the church. Elders of the church are in the local church. Not in the secretariat. The elders of this church are in this church. So when, what am I saying? James said, even when he's sick, let him call for the elders. I said all of this to qualify elders, meaning elders of the local church. So if you're not planted in local church, guess what you have just robbed yourself of? The ministry of the elders. That's when you start to contract profits, freelance itinerant ministers, pastors of no church but their own ministry, International Incorporated. Listen to me. Nobody is called to pastor the world. I'm a pastor. The world is my parish. You are a liar. A local church is your parish. Or, nobody's called to pastor the world. He set these gifts. In the local churches. So there are certain benefits of the elders. presbyteros Of a local church that you will not enjoy. Because you are not there. Or you are there unworthily. Not investigating and putting in place. The Lord's body. Or discerning the Lord's body. So you drink damnation. Unto yourself. You cheat yourself out of certain basic vitals. Nobody speaking over you. Nobody is responsible for you. Nobody is giving account for you. Nobody is watching over your soul. Scripture, Hebrews 13, 17. -hmm. People are appointed in the church to watch over your soul. It's in Scripture and they will give account. You can't delete it from Scripture. If you could give account for your own self in the local church, why did Jesus go through the trouble of setting these structures in place? Let's finish. For this reason, many are weak and seek among you and many sleep. Do you understand the damnation now? Yes, sir. Many are weak and many sleep. Many are sickly. And because you are not participating. Or partaking of the benefits. Yes, of the church. Yes, Contrary to how religion has painted it. That many are sick and, and are dying. Because they are eating wafer and wine. With sin in their heart. Yes,
2: sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
1: And I shall begin to end for today. On this question I am about to ask Organized religion, masculine organized religion to show me one instance where a Jew ate unleavened bread and died. They said, No foreigner should eat it. He says you put away all the living. So you can't say a Jew is dying because there's living. Because the instruction, as we saw in Exodus twelve, thirteen, and Leviticus and Deuteronomy sixty, put away all the living. No living around your house. I now ate unleavened bread and I died. If the bread is significant or symbolic of Jesus washing my sins, why is he killing me instead of giving me life? Because if the bread you are eating in communion is the bread of Jesus or his body, I thought he said in John 6, I am the bread of
2: life.
1: I'm the bread of life. If you eat this bread, this bread, this bread you eat is bringing you into eternal life. 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 So if this bread was for sickness and body of Jesus and forgiveness of sin, then you should eat it when you need life.
2: Is
1: that not so? Not eat it and it will kill you because you are not worthy to eat it. Scarcely for a righteous man would anyone die. Perhaps for a good man, someone would dare to die. But God commended his love towards us in this manner that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. While we're yet sinners, he died. While we were sinners, he died. While we were unworthy, he died. Then a believer is called unworthy because they have, what you're saying, you hear in religious circles, secret sin. And then he eats because of secret sin and dies. This argument came up. And somebody argued And argued that he was in a church where the preacher said, This communion, if you have secret sin, and you eat this communion, you will die. And as somebody came, and somebody ate the communion, and right there, he died. What am I telling him? And I say, bros, the person died of natural or other causes. Or the pastor is diabolic. It's one of these two. Nature killed him, or the pastor killed him. To validate his own ministry. We have an advocate. We have an advocate. He's not killing us for any reason. How much less for something he took away. Not our father. So because you forgot to confess a sin. Religion is very disorganized and confused. Because you say that God kills me because I didn't confess his sin. But you make provision for your unknown sin to be forgiven. Knowing and unknowing. And you are convinced that covers the known and the unknown sin. And then God turns around from the side, blocks me and kills me for the same unknown sin. Can you guys get your story straight? This is a bunch of confusion. Knowing and unknown, deliberate and undeliberate. By that definition of forgiveness of sin, it means I should just pray that prayer once. And every unknown sin I will ever commit should be I don't know it. I don't know it. So why should I every day be confessing an unknown sin that I don't know? Because once God is forgiving unknown sin. Unknown sin is unknown sin. Why should I let come tomorrow again and ask for unknown that I don't know I still don't know it <laughs> so praying the prayer tomorrow does not change the fact that I don't know it Who now pass and use bread and ribena? hold on he didn't punish the person that made the bread he didn't punish the driver that drove the bread and called the other driver stupid when transporting the body of Jesus he didn't kill anybody that was cutting the bread and chopping it up. <laughs> <laughs> eh, eh, Brother, I promise. Why even cutting that bread too big? Cut it small, small, small. Pa! It should die. Do you know how expensive communion bread is? Faint. Go blind. Skips all these people. Wait for the person that will eat it. And the person that is eating it, sir, like is in the church. That's the person he will now kill, his own son, his own son. His own son. in his own church. His church, that his blood died for, is who he's going to kill. Men and brethren, let us therefore eat and drink, tomorrow we die. There's no point. Last, last, all die, and I die. What's the point? It's pointless. Anywhere you go, you would die. Anywhere you pass, you will die. So, you might as well leave the Bible, leave the scriptures, leave this, flex and chop this life and die. Zero sense. Died for you. I am come. And he may have life. Whoever believes on him shall not be condemned, but have eternal life. My Father is greater than all, and none can snatch them out of his hand. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and present you faultless. 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 He's able to present you faultless. That means he is able to remove all the faults. He. That's what he means to present you faultless. He's able to remove all the faults. So that when he brings you to the Father, you have none. Oh no, but religions God sees a fault and kills you because he's not powerful enough to remove it that is an idol because it's idols that have hands that cannot move idols that have eyes that cannot see ears that cannot hear it's idols that cannot remove sin but it's our god he says i the lord i am he that blotteth out your transgressions he. i am he That blots out. When I see you transgressing, I blot it out. I can make you blameless. So where is he coming to pass to kill you? Because you ate something made of flour. Something man-made. Who has bewitched us? No, this is not the Passover. This is the Lord's Supper. Jesus is not killing anybody. But unfortunately, people are dying in church because some benefits are not reaching them. For this reason, some of you are sick. Some of you sleep. Why? There's damnation. What's damnation? The absence of absence. benefits. Why people are not descending in the Lord's body? Why they are eating it unworthily? On, on Simple. It's so straightforward. Yes, sir. Just follow the context. Straightforward. The benefit of the finished work of Christ cannot be wrapped around Eve, a meal cannot be wrapped. Around bread and ribina or or wine or zobo such that there's how I will drink zobo, I will sick and die. Now, having said that, having said that, see, I'm a PKO. PKO. I was born in church. Having said that, if unworthy eating means eating with sin in your heart, I have eaten that holy communion like 300 times. And my only reason was, let it not be that I'm the one that is unworthy. I would rather die than to be seen to be the one in church that is no worthy. Kill me God. Kill me and save my reputation. Hold on. At the time we did that, stay with me, at the time we did that, we knew nothing. Yes, so, by way of defining unworthiness, we were most unworthy yes, then.
2: Yes,
1: but there's a problem with our life. And that is a problem. Because there are times where they threatened us. Yes, the deacon will look at you. Yes, are you ready for this? Yes. Are you sure you are ready? Yes, Commun- ready. See, we used to be afraid of communal service. We dodge church. You find a way of escaping from the keyboard, from the drums. So you will not be there when they are passing the thing. And because of this, over time, a foul spirit of death, like a vulture over a carcass, now still learning how to hover over church during communion service. Because guess what? Communion service primed people for death. So it's easy for the spirit of death to come around. And that spirit of death can take somebody who has a heart attack, can take somebody who has tuberculosis, can take somebody who has pneumonia, somebody who has leukemia, anybody becomes easy pre like like COVID. And then a few people will die, and you say it's because they ate COVID. No. People are sick because they're not enjoying the benefits of the church. E.g., calling for the elders. E.g. enjoying welfare from the church. E.g. enjoying covering and security from the church. Because the church is twisted. We are not a body. Whenever I see the prayer of Jesus in John 17, my heart breaks. My heart breaks. I see all that Jesus was asking and petitioning the Father for this body he was about to give his body to create. For this reason, some of you are sick and some die. People are neglected. In favor of people outside. <coughs> you know, church likes to look good to people outside. outside yes. People outside. Among us, people are sickly. People are weak. And people die. Because we are not discerning the Lord's body. We are not partaking worthily. Wordily. We're not. And if only the church will just be that body. Have all things in common. No one seeing himself as more superior than everybody else. No one breaking ranks. Everyone submitting to one another in the fear, reverence. That's the word fear. In Ephesians 5.21, fear, reverence of God. Because you honor God, you submit to one another. That's what it means. Because you honor God, your brother comes first before you. Your sister comes first before you. There's safety that will be reintroduced in church. The moment church becomes a body, rape dies. Because it takes a demonic dimension of selfishness to rape somebody. But once you can feel virtually the pain of another, you will not be the one to bring them pain. You may not feel it physically, but you feel it virtually. You can tell, I cannot be getting the kicks out of somebody else's pain. I can't be getting pleasure from somebody crying, somebody bruised. You can't. You won't. And there's so much in the body of Christ that will stop. It's not gathering together that makes us the body. Many are sick. Many sleep. Holy Spirit, let this word work in us. That we may discern the Lord's body. Each one examines himself. And we stop to eat of the body unworthily. We are all one bread. And we all partake of that one bread. We are yielded to you, Lord. Perfect by virtue of this teaching. The healing that everyone needs. Perfect by virtue of this teaching, the mending. Perfect, not process. Perfect. This doesn't begin a process of healing. This marks the end of healing. Marks the end of insubordination and rebellion. Marks the end of strife. Bitterness and works of the flesh. Today, as a token to the churches across the nations of the earth. That if people begin to arise who take what your word dictates for what it says. And every philosophy, every mindset, every paradigm is broken across the nations, beginning with us. All the churches that are named by the name of the Lord. Thank you that you're perfecting your work in them. Thank you that you're teaching us that together we are your family. Though some might be weak in some areas where others are strong. Others might be strong in where others are weak but that your light of your glorious gospel floods all these places. Yes. And until then, that we are not a stumbling block to the measure that we can help it yes. as your spirit helps us. Yes, God. We thank you and we give you praise. Amen. 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 Let me give God praise.
0: Well, that's it for today's teaching. We trust it has been worth your time. For more of these messages from our stables, kindly subscribe to our teaching podcast at www.thebasileacommission.podbean.com or via the Podbean app on your mobile device. For inquiries and further information, kindly send us an email to info at or find us on social media with the handles at the Truth Simply Put or at the Church. You can also send us an SMS, call us, or connect with us via WhatsApp on 234 70 Finally, if you would like to give to support the work that we do, kindly follow the Patreon link in our podcast or contact our office for details. Thank you.